Welcome back to the show and the studio. Tom Weiner, who has been with us many times on different topics. Uh, he is a retired some 40 years as a teacher here in Northampton, a civil rights activist, and a board member of the Palestinian House of Friendship. We also have with us Celia Miller, who is a vocal coach and musician and a team member of the Palestinian House of Friendship, and Cheryl Hogan, a longtime activist here in the Valley. She's recently returned from Palestine, and she, too, is a board member of the Palestinian House of Friendship. So we have a lot of Palestinian House of Friendship in these intros because, well, this segment is about the Palestinian House of Friendship. We have had on the show in years past Mohammed Sawaha, who is the director of the Palestinian House of Friendship. And just in case you are not feeling chilly enough today, you're going to hear about a polar plunge, which is going to happen in support of the Palestinian House of Friendship. So let me turn to, uh, okay, let me turn to Celia Miller. Let's start with what is the Palestinian House of Friendship, and then we're going to hear about this crazy fundraising publicity stunt. Okay. In that event, let's go to Cheryl. Okay. So talk to us, the Palestinian House of Friendship. Cheryl, do you want to start? If she wants me to, she yeah, sure. She, she does. I, I called on Celia. She called on you. We're all good. Talk to us. Uh, I know Celia wants to talk about the plunge itself, and I can talk about the Palestinian House of Friendship. And we are all members of the American Friends of the Palestinian House of Friendship, which is located in the northern West Bank in the city of Nablus. Um, we've been supporting this organization for about 15 years because they're providing services and education and joy, believe it or not, to a very uh, suffering um, population and uh, mostly focusing on children and youth. So um, we're excited to be supporting this um, kind of feels like a hands-on um, direct uh, fundraising for the Palestinian House of Friendship, which was started way back uh, in the, in the um, era when there was hope for an actual two-state solution. It was started in the uh, 1990s by Mohammed Sawaha. Um, and um, Mohammed was simply a, a professor at the University of uh, Al-Najah, but he saw this need in the community uh, for help, especially for children that were just um, suffering from occupation, but didn't have much else happening in their lives. And uh, so the House of Friendship now not only provides uh, summer camps for these children, ages about six or seven to 14. It also uh, helps them during the winter with homework help and with uh, and just fun uh, greet gatherings on Saturdays at the offices of the House of Friendship. <clears throat> So, so let me let me, ask, let me ask you this because my my understanding from Mohammed is significantly what the Palestinian House of Friendship does is, is provide educational support. It functions as a school as well as a camp. It normalizes life for these kids uh, who live on the West Bank, um, and it is a uh, it's a lifeline, but it's also a life. It it gives a sense of normalcy for these kids who have an education and a support system and all of that. That that basically true. That's very true. Uh, um, that's why I said uh, during the summer they get to go to summer camp, uh, just as if the, everything was normal. And and that's what these kids need, a sense of uh, that, that their lives are, uh, can, can have fun in them and uh, play. And in the winter, um, since you can't have a summer camp in the winter, you have uh, the offices open for the kids to come. They have nice big rooms for them to meet in. They can do crafts, they can sing, uh, they can uh, play, and they can get help with their homework if they need that. So this uh, sort of all, all year round uh, open door uh, for children to have um, help and, and, as you said, normalcy in their lives. So Cheryl, let me ask you this. You just came back from Palestine, as I understand it. What did you see? What did you observe? What, you can, tell us, what can you tell us about conditions there now? Well, that's a grim picture, um, and um, it's the picture that the Palestinian House of Friendship tries to protect the children from, of course, cannot. Um, what is happening now is an increase in violence against the Palestinians. Um, 
and uh, it's it's got to the point where someone is killed almost every single day um, from uh, just uh, settler and army violence, which is targeting the popul the general population. Um, and the Palestinians are beginning. Some young uh, men have begun to form uh, armed resistance, and um, just because there's nothing else they can see to do. So it's it's not a pretty picture right now, and uh, any acts of, acts of creativity like uh, PHF are just um, they're like sunshine. They're like the light in the darkness. Uh, Cheryl Hogan, let me ask you this: You've been a, a longtime activist here in the Valley, and I've known you going back. Oh, I'm just going to date you or me or both of us. Uh, but I'd like to know, have you been involved in support for Palestinian causes before the Palestinian House of Friendship? Or is this, you know, relatively new, the last 15 or 20 years of focus for your activism? Well, actually, I started getting active in 2002. I visited uh, the area uh, during the Second Intifada, which was an, also a time of, of very heightened violence. Um, it was really like a war at that time. Um, and I didn't meet Mohammed Sawarha until about three years later, uh, two or three years, I can't remember exactly, when he was in the U.S. actually. Um, he had come uh, to the U.S. Uh, to, uh, I can't remember what he came for, he was taking a workshop at Brandeis University, I think. And we got him to Western Massachusetts and uh, he was at the Trap Rock Peace Center. And that's where I met him. And that might have been 2005 or six. And that's when I started learning about the House of Friendship and uh, trying to support it along with other local people. Uh, very active in that has been uh, Peter Teitelman and Kathleen Baker, uh, who from the beginning have been very strong supporters. In terms of the ha uh, Palestinian House of Friendship, can you give us some sense about how many families, how many children are served in a year? Right. Well, it depends on what you're talking about. If you're talking about a summer camp, the camps, uh, they run for about three weeks and there's, they have two or three, depending on, uh, on the conditions. Lately, it's been two. Um, you mean two sessions? Yeah, two separate sessions of three weeks. And um, they have upwards of 70 kids in each session. Um, it also because varies, of course, from year to year. Some of the sessions are actually in a local village just outside of Nablus. Um, so it, it can, uh, kids from the rural area can get involved. And do you have some sense about how many families and kids use the Palestinian House of Friendship as a community center, as a support, as an educational uh, assistance uh, during the course of the year? Well, it's hard to answer uh, precisely, except I can give you one statistic which is last year um, when the Palestinian House of Friendship inaugurated a new project called Boxes of Love, which were um, basically relief packages, uh, very large relief packages. They managed to serve eight, 600 families with a box of love. And um, we have, of course, part of our fundraising goes to that effort. These boxes have, you know, staples, foods, and school supplies for children, and a blanket, and they're really quite robust. And um, yeah, so that was 600 just last uh, last winter. Let me turn, if I might, from uh, Cheryl Hogan to Celia Miller. Celia is another team member, board member, of the Palestinian House of Friendship. You and your colleagues here are engaged in something that strikes me as. Uh, I don't know how to put this, insane, um, uh, but not unheard of as a fundraising fundraising uh, endeavor. So tell us what you and your friends are about to do. I can't believe Tom Wiener is also here with us, said, Newman, you should come do this. Yeah, and I said, should. yeah, well, uh, okay, next lifetime for sure. But uh, tell us, what's going what's gonna to happen? Well, it's all about water. It's about getting in the water on January 1st, New Year's Day at 12 o'clock. And we're not talking about my nice warm bath. No, no, no we're not. Water, no, we're sorry. not. Sorry, not even a sauna afterwards, So. But it's, uh, you know, last time we we've uh, we doubled it from the first time we did it, not nine people to 23 people, and I really want to double it again 
maybe even triple it. I want 20, you know, I want a lot of plungers to come out. Plungers, and where are you plunging? Musanti Beach, 85 Reservoir Road in um, Leeds, if, if you're familiar with that. So it's a lovely beach. It's, you know, I'm and I envision it. It's nice. It's warm. Oh, it's it's sunny. We go in. There are families. There are picnics. Oh, it's lovely. <laughs> it's not what's happening. What? <laughs> when are you doing this? New Year's Day. New Year's Day. You're going to o'clock. plunge into the pond. Yeah, we've got a comedian to, you know, kind of lighten up the situation. You've got Kelsey Flynn yeah, coming. Kelsey yeah, Kelsey Flynn's coming. And um, we, we, we do have the city of Northampton um, fire department with the ambulance and EMTs and a lifeguard. Just Oh, well, that, that's, that's, com- well that's comforting in a way. Well, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> and the parking lots will be open this time. So um, we're going to have hot chocolate. Uh and uh, my wish, actually, is that people would sign up now and get their friends to sponsor them because, you know. It's a fundraiser. Yeah, it is a fundraiser. And, um, you know, the fact that you're doing something that uncomfortable, you might be able to win the sympathy of your friends and family and um, get them to sponsor you. So you could sign up right now, PalestinianHealthyFriendship.com. Go to the donate page and choose the special fundraiser, um, Polar Plunge. Okay, so as I understand it, people are going to have – Friends, family, support them to, I don't know how to put this, encourage them or at least support them in this jumping into the freezing cold water off Musanti Beach on New New Year's Day. Yeah, we all do it at the same time as, you know, and I just want to tell you, from what I understand, there's people already doing this right now. So we are we are not that we're not as brave as we we, you know, people are doing it routinely. Brave I, was not the adjective <laughs> I was thinking of, but okay. I, I know one guy that's doing it almost daily, jumping into the Connecticut right now. So, um, so yeah. we need those people as to preparation. Help. I guess. I guess <laughs> this is how you prepare for this. <laughs> you just jump in when the water is a nice, yeah. balmy forty-two, as opposed to thirty-six or whatever it's <laughs> going to be. And I do. This year, I bought a temperature gauge because I really want to know the exact temp. When we well, do, do you, have you done this I in the past? Done it. Well, yeah, we've done. This is our third annual. And, yeah. you, and you have personally jumped in the water oh, on New yeah, Year's Day. Yeah, yeah, and Tom. All right. Yeah. Well, let, let me say a word or two about the experience itself because we're actually starting it on Tuesday when I'm going to go over to Musanti Beach with my friend Stephen Banish, who's kindly going to bring his chainsaw, because as you are well aware, the temperatures are plunging, and it's very possible it won't just be open water. So we will need a chainsaw to carve out a space for the water to reappear so that we can plunge in. Last time, the way I've described it is, in eight seconds, we made $3,000. Prorate that even to 16 seconds, and it becomes more and more appealing and worthwhile. And my friend Lola Reed, who was then only, well, I don't reveal, reveal her age, older than me, went in twice. And she just kind of paddled around. Oh, paddled Ooh. around like it was normal. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was, like it was summertime. I mean, I, I, want, I want our listeners to know, I, mean, I rarely, rarely am uh, concerned or bothered that we don't have cameras and that this is radio and not television. And I want you to know that all of these people with us today look as if they're really normal. I mean, they just look like regular people. <laughs> huh? And yet they are describing something that, well, is not. How did you come up with this idea? Hi, this is a great idea. We will have people support us to go <clears throat> jump into freezing water on January 1st. Okay, I'm all ears. Well, I, I had some friends, and we'd already done it at the brass mill <laughs> at, uh, over there. Where, yeah, and, and then I what thought— What are friends for? Yeah, and I thought we should, you know, raise money for somebody if we're going to do this at, uh, well, actually, yeah. That's yeah, the two of us were sitting at a board meeting, and we looked at each other and both said, oh, this would be an incredibly effective way to raise money <laughs> in a hurry. And it, it's eight seconds. You're in there for like, you run in and you run out. You just yeah. get wet. Yeah, we're not, doing the Vim, we're not doing the Wim Hof, is that his name, method, yeah, where the, you stay in there. That's okay. You don't have to do that. This, but I just, I just want to actually make sure everyone knows it's very good for your immune system to do this. So if you're serious about your health, um, you should really come yeah. out. Another pitch. You should yeah. not. You should not only <laughs> support them. You should jo- literally join them exactly on January first. Well, actually- we're, we're, I'm sorry. We're welcoming spectators too because it's it is uh, it is kind of entertaining to see this, uh, especially uh, the exit is entertaining. So. <laughs> well, the whole thing's going to be filmed, Bill. Oh, good. And last time we did it, we had front page coverage on the Gazette. Yeah, we did. So we've getting, the media is on this. Kelsey yeah, Flynn if you is want a draw. to be famous. Yeah. And we also, uh, share, Celia's going to tell you about what happened at the high school last week. Okay. Oh. This oh. is a good time, actually, to take a break. Okay. I really want to know what happened at the high school last week. Okay. We're going to find out right after this. Stay with us. This is Bill Newman, WHMP. 
The Western Mass Business Show with local dynamo Tara Brewster. Saturdays at 11 and Sundays at 2. Only on WHMP. Brought to you by Greenfield Savings Bank with offices all throughout Hampshire and Franklin counties. Greenfieldsavings.com. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster. WHMP. I once had a customer who asked us to make a very special fruit basket. I want 25 pounds of bananas, he said, with a note attached that reads, I'm bananas over you. Will you marry me? You know, I've always wondered about their wedding cake. At State Street Market, we make fruit baskets. Of course we do. But just because it's a basket doesn't mean you've got to fill it with fruit. How about a basket filled with but soda pop or microbrews? There are Chardonnay baskets, Merlot, Shiraz. Give us a price range and we'll fetch you a combination of bottles from the wine cellar that'll make someone dizzy with delight. Oh, we do baskets. Local goat cheeses and six kinds of crackers. Cookie baskets based on the cities of the world. Milano, Brussels. We've even put together the ingredients for the perfect minestrone. The fresh vegetables, the spice jar, the pasta. Hey, if you can dream it, State Street can put it in a basket. State Street Deli, State Street Fruit, State Street Wines and Spirits, Northampton delivery too. Orthopedic injuries don't just happen to athletes. Muscle and ligament tears can happen from a golf game, tennis match, or even shoveling snow. I'm Dr. Connor Ziegler, sports medicine and board certified orthopedic surgeon with New England Orthopedic Surgeons. Our surgical team here in Western Mass is ready to tackle any orthopedic or sports injury from shoulders to elbows, wrists, hands, hips, knees, ankles, and everything in between, including physical therapy and regenerative medicine, such as orthopedic laser treatment and PRP. Hey, Pat. Who's on the sidelines this week? Wide receiver Devontae Parker is. He sat out Sunday's loss to the Raiders due to a concussion. His return for this Saturday against Cincinnati is questionable. Running back Damian Harris missed his third straight game Sunday and is questionable to return for this week. Cornerback Jalen Mills continues to rehab a groin injury and is day-to-day. And offensive lineman Isaiah Wynn has a foot injury and is questionable for this week. So if you're looking for the best bona fide care around, visit neortho.com to schedule an appointment. With locations in Springfield, East Longmeadow, and Northampton, our team will get you back in the game. Want to support the kind of local talk you hear on The Bill Newman Show? Want to hear your business's message here on WHMP? Email us, yourmessage at whmp.com. We'll help you craft a marketing message that'll reach listeners of your favorite WHMP show. And we'll be supporting the local news, valley talk, and progressive voices you hear right here on WHMP. Let us know about your message. Email us, yourmessage at whmp.com. And add your message to our mission. And hear your message right here on WHMP. Your message at whmp.com. This is Bill Newman, WHMP. We continue our conversation with Cheryl Hogan and Celia Miller and Tom Weiner. They are all longtime supporters of the Palestinian House of Friendship. We are talking to them about the Polar Plunge, which is going to happen on New Year's Day. It is a fundraiser for the Palestinian House of Friendship in support of the kids who receive the services, the education, and the support uh, from the Palestinian House of Friendship that is so vital, it's essential to making their lives have some sense of normalcy in that war-torn part of the world. So these people, in s- these people, meaning these people here in the studio um, and on our show today, jump into freezing cold water that they might have to take a chainsaw to cut the ice out so they can get in on New Year's Day. And they're asking for your support to... <laughs> to help them raise money for the Palestinian House of Friendship. So you mentioned before we took the break, Celia, about something that happened at the high school, I take it Northampton High School? Well, we just thought it was so fun uh, that Northampton North High School yep. uh, tech tech uh, department, um, some, uh, it was actually one one kid, uh, Elijah Curtin Adelman, um, interviewed us, and we're just really hoping, um, you know, interviewed us to, to publicize the plunge. We're hoping some high schoolers will come out and, Especially with us old people, we want to, you know, they might need to drag us out of the water. So. Okay, careful on that old people thing. I'd like to, I would like to ask you this though. Um, you have done this before. I right? actually love doing this. 
I, yeah, it feels. Does anyone great. else in this room find that really weird? You know, I I come from a, a background, a preacher dad, and so baptism really? wasn't. You know, it was like a fundamentalist kind of upbringing. Uh -huh. So I'm familiar with baptism. So to me, it's like you know my own way of you know I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, tell my dad how I'm using that that form of. Uh, Where are you from? Uh, well, I grew up in England, but I'm I'm I was born in the United States. And so. how long have you been here in, in Western Mass? Oh, a very long, like 30, 25, I don't know, 25 years. A newcomer. Okay. Got, <laughs> it, got, it, got it. Yeah. Okay. So you have high school kids who are supporting this. They came out last time. We hope they'll come out again. And you have various friends and family who donate. Uh, I've got friends and family that donate. You can just donate if, you know, you can go on there and donate. You can pick a participate, uh, participant you want to support. Or, and um, you are the, can are sign. Are the names listed on the, yeah, on the website? Are, yeah, they are. Oh, so you, I can find a person. Yes. I'm not sure if I'm. It's like I don't know how to put this exactly. Healthy to support you in this. Oh, <laughs> can, it is. Can we just give money to the house and say I don't want to actually encourage this behavior? <laughs> I mean, that doesn't seem necessarily all that friendly. Hi, I'm going to give you money to go jump into <laughs> 31 no, degrees. It, it, it takes a sting out if you support, <laughs> if you support us. So, um, uh. So tell I, us. Know, I, I, want, I wanted to mention that we sure. have some sponsors too. Oh sure, um, please. Yeah. So Earth Action is our fiscal sponsor. Um, Amanu's Cafe, uh, Mosaic, the, the Mosaic Cafe, Mill River Music, um, Interlink Books. Uh, Michelle Mushabek, if you know him and his publishing company. Yeah, Michelle's been on the show a oh, number of times. Okay, yeah, and Jewish Voice for Peace. So we're really appreciative of their sponsorship. Um, so I don't know if they're going to come out. Personally, also, I know the state rep, uh, Lindsay Sabados, is going to be there. I don't know if she's going to jump in, but. <laughs> this this I would go to see. Yeah. If, if Lindsay Sabados, a representative Sabados, is jumping in, I I would literally pay for that. Well, that's, that's what we want you to do. So we can have people just show up on the day, you know, donate. You come right in with cash or with their mobile phones and use the QR, QR code. Um or, uh, but you know, what I prefer, what I would really love is if people started signing up now, palestinianhouseoffriendship.com, donate page, go to the donate page and go to the special fundraiser um, for Polar Plunge. Sign up now and start getting your friends and family to support you. Or just bring them out on the day. Whatever. Whatever there's, works. There's because one there's more cool thing that's happened since COVID. We missed two plunges because of COVID. Three. Three. Oh, plunge. Two? two. Yeah. Okay, 2019. Sorry, two, we missed yeah. 20 and 21. Um Oh, no, no, it was 20. Yeah, it that's right. Was, uh, it's because it's New Year's Day. You're but right, um, yeah. on Zoom, we've been able to have you can every... see You can see that this plunging does not help any of their <laughs> memories. No, no, and either does aging. Uh, but we've been able, uh, since COVID, instead of meeting in person with our six, eight, whatever number of local board members, we've been meeting, and you should know, there are other boards. This is happening. There's a group in Boston, in Brooklyn, in Vermont, and now we all meet together. So they're helping us fundraise for this as well. Are they plunging as well, or is that uh, so? Is that what left to the Western Massachusetts we, activists? We have a few from Boston that said they are at least going to come try to watch. Okay, a and we have one who's doing it in her own backyard right. river, like virtual. So it's not, <laughs> yeah, and people can come watch. This is a spectator sport. We really want you there. It's going to be. I mean, I'm not lying. It's it is hard to do this, so we, we need the support. You know. And Kelsey Flynn's going to make it even more fun because she yeah. is amazing. And she is. And it's going to be hot chocolate to boot? Totally. To drink. Yep, yep. Okay. Let me turn. Let me end by asking Cheryl Hogan to go back for us and tell us why this fundraiser is so important and why the support for these young people in Palestine matters so much to them. Sure. Thank you, Bill. And thanks for having us on the program. Uh, the kids in Palestine are all, you could say, probably 100% traumatized because they live uh, in a military system that is lately especially been attacking and killing even children uh, for on the pretext that the children are protesting their conditions. So this is their reality. So how did we help these kids have a different reality, have a, have a reality which gives them respite from that, which is really what it is. And we do this, the Palestinian House of Friendship does it in, with many programs. Um, they have a wonderful music studio, which we've helped to fund, of course, um, where the kids can uh, create and produce and make CDs of their own music. And they do this every week. It's, they're using this active uh, the studio actively. 
Um, when they go to the summer camps, they learn the traditional songs and dances of their people, and this keeps their heritage alive. And as we, we all know, when you have a situation of occupation, the occupier doesn't really want you to keep your heritage alive. So this is a, another contribution. We also have a Palestine has a friendship um, sponsors or has uh, cre helped create a skateboard park in the nearby village of Asira Ashamalia. It is very well uh, populated by boys and girls, and they are hoping to join the Olympics, the next Olympics, the uh, Summer Olympics, uh, as hmm. skateboarders. Um, and so these are things that the Housing House of Friendship inspires in the children and gives them uh, opportunities to experience uh, normal, normalcy in life. Another thing they do is they have a green initiative that gives the kids seeds and the kids plant the seeds. And they, you know, if they're, if they're urban children, this is, we all know, it's in a very important function to learn how, how your vegetables and plants uh, originate. Um, so there's just no end of the creativity that's coming out of the Palestinian House of Friendship. And that's why we are so excited to support them. Um, because their uh, creativity in a war zone, you could say, is, is, a more, is a miracle. You can support the Palestinian House of Friendship and those who are participating in the Polar Plunge. You can even sign up and get your own friends to support you for the Polar Plunge. New Year's Day, 12 o'clock, Musanti Beach, Leeds. 12 o'clock, high noon. Day on, after whatever you've been doing the night before. On New Year's <laughs> Day. Okay, you go to the Palestinian House of Friendship, all one word, dot com. Go to the donate page. That will take you to the teams as well. You can sign up there to become a team or to support a team, your friends and neighbors, and to help the Palestinian House of Friendship. Cheryl Hogan, Celia Miller, Tom Weiner, thank you so, all so very much. Can you think of a better way to sober up after New Year's Eve? <laughs> I'm going to pass on that. <laughs> we'll be right back. Get in on the conversation. Call 413-586-7140. This is Bill Newman, WHMP. For WHMP News, I'm Jess Tyler. Criminal charges against three people involved in an August 2021 shooting incident at the Hadley Walmart have been resolved. The incident unfolded on August 22, 2021 in the bathroom of Walmart, where defendant Wilmer Alvarez Vargas of Chicopee shot and badly injured two teenagers. Days later, the two victims were charged with gun and drug charges. Alvarez Vargas was sentenced to four years in state prison. The teens were sentenced to one year and probation for the gun and drug charges. A planning board meeting in East Hampton on Tuesday was open to the public to discuss the massive multi-million dollar renovation of the Tasty Top on Route 10. Some residents expressed concerns about traffic, but most were in favor of the estimated $30 million project. Plans for their property will include 188 apartments, Roots Learning Center and Gymnastics, restaurants, and mixed-use warehouse buildings. The next public hearing will be scheduled for January 3rd. The kids from Shriners Hospital got a big surprise earlier this week. Former Patriot Rob Gronkowski stopped by the Springfield Hospital dressed as Robbie the Elf to surprise children and their families for the holiday season. He played air hockey and soccer, painted, and tried making origami with the patients. Each child received a gift that included footballs, jerseys, and sneakers. Joan Holiday, WHMP News. Mostly cloudy this morning, rain and snow developing this afternoon, a high of 38 to 42. That wintry mix will change to all rain everywhere during the course of the evening hours. Rain will be heavy at times, an overnight low of 36 to 42. Rain and wind tomorrow morning with a morning high temperature in the 50s. In the afternoon, we cool down with scattered snow showers and watch out for icy surfaces. The weekend will be dry. I'm 22 News Storm Team Meteorologist Brian Lapis, 101.5 WHMP. This News Minute is brought to you by our partners at Holyoke Media. Yo soy Johan Rashi Vega con la síntesis informativa de Holyoke Media. El Servicio de Rentas Internas de Estados Unidos no realizó las auditorías obligatorias de Donald Trump de manera oportuna durante su presidencia, según descubrió un panel del Congreso el martes, lo que planteó dudas sobre las declaraciones del expresidente y los principales miembros de su administración que afirmaron que no podía publicar sus declaraciones de impuestos debido a las revisiones en curso. 
un informe publicado por la mayoría demócrata en el Comité de Medios y Arbitrios de la Cámara de Representantes, indicó que la administración Trump puede haber ignorado un requisito del IRS que data de 1977 y exige auditorías de las declaraciones de impuestos de un presidente. El IRS solo comenzó a auditar las declaraciones de impuestos de Trump de 2016, el 3 de abril de 2019, más de dos años después de la presidencia de Trump y solo meses después de que los demócratas tomaran el control de la Cámara. Esa fecha coincide con el representante Richard Neal, el presidente del panel, solicitando al IRS información relacionada con las declaraciones de impuestos de Trump. No hubo ninguna sugerencia de que Trump, quien anunció una tercera candidatura presidencial, buscara influir directamente en el IRS o disuadir a la agencia de revisar su información fiscal. Pero el informe encontró que el proceso de auditoría estaba inactivo en el mejor de los casos. El New York Times descubrió que antes de ingresar a la Casa Blanca, Trump enfrentaba una auditoría del IRS potencialmente vinculada a un reembolso de impuestos de 72.9 millones de dólares, derivado de 700 millones en pérdidas que reclamó en 2009. Los documentos publicados el martes indican que Trump continuó recaudando beneficios fiscales de esas pérdidas hasta 2018. Yo soy Johan Rashi Vega y esta fue la síntesis informativa de Hollywood Media a través de WHMP. This News Minute has been brought to you by our partners at Holyoke Media. This is Bill Newman, WHMP. We want you to listen to this. Simon and Garfunkel from 1966, a song that I remember bringing tears to my eyes. I remember when Art Garfunkel was here in Northampton and we had him on the show. And Art Garfunkel was saying, we were not really political singer-songwriters. And I said, really? That's news to me. What, 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 what about that song? the news song that you uh, and uh, Paul Simon wrote and sang. And he said, well, yeah, you got me there. <laughs> um, and I remember this song as this anti-war song, as this, boy, is the world a mess, and we need to band together to try to change the world, to make it a better place. Uh, it was just one of the most moving uh, seasonal songs. Um, that I had ever heard, and I still feel that way. Here with us on this special edition of The Reverend and the Rabbi, we have the Reverend Pastor Carol Bull, who is the pastor at the United Church of Ware. It's a UCC uh, and United Methodist Church, the United Church of Ware. Carol Bull, thank you so much for being with us. Your reflections at this time of year 
on that song and what it imparts? Yeah, wonderful. I want to first of all, thank you, Bill, for reminding me of this version. I got to listen to it recently and it importantly and poignantly weaves together the beautiful Christmas hymn or Carol Silent Night uh, amidst the seven o'clock news of 1966. Um, you know, many Christian services, I would say many, if not most, uh, their services will end with the lighting of candles as the congregation sings Silent Night, which we will do again this year at the United Church of Ware, uh, where I serve as pastor this coming Saturday night. Um, I want to say, as I speak about this matter, that I'm speaking as a progressive Christian follower of Jesus, and that my views may not represent the views of other Christians in the world. There's lots of different views among Christians, as, as we all know. Um, but I want to highlight some important parts of Silent Night in the hymn, we also call it Christmas carols or hymns, um, first off. So <clears throat> this is not only a song about a mother and child and, a, uh, and sleep, right? Uh, but it's also a very populated spiritual scene with many players. There are shepherds there quaking at the sight. They're confused. They're not sure what is going on. Um, it also talks about glories streaming from heaven afar. So light from heaven is coming down in this scene as well. Uh, Christ is seen in this hymn and carol with a number of different names. He's called the Savior. He's called the King. He's also called Son of God. And my favorite, he's called Love's Pure Light. Um, and the light of Christ is also described as the radiance that comes from God's holy face with redeeming grace. There's also the stars and the wondrous main star that the wise people followed to bring their gifts. The angels are also there singing. So I wanted to kind of, you know, make sure everybody understands it's not just these two or three people. It's a whole host of, a, it's a po very populated spiritual scene. What do you, as a progressive Christian, what do you make of the world constantly and poignantly this year as many other years in the past being in such a horrifying place. I mean, here we are the day after uh, President Zelensky of Ukraine came to the United States begging for more weapons so mm -hmm. that his country can defend itself and his people can defend themselves against this onslaught of Russian troops who are committing war crimes, where there are a lot of Russians who are going to be conscripted, who are going to die, 100,000 so far, and many Ukrainians as well, and more are going to die, and no one sees an end to this war, and it's only one of many wars, and this, of course, has, a, has the potential to escalate totally out of control. Uh, how do you reconcile any of that with the lyrics and the songs and the hymns that you are going to sing and lead on Christmas Eve? Yeah, great question. And But before I do that, I want to just say, it, I, I printed out all the words from their song. And, uh, and I want to say that, you know, many of these are things we, in 1966, were struggling with. And uh, the same are true today. So we had the war in Vietnam then, today the war in Ukraine, as you mentioned, arguments about civil rights then in Congress about the Civil Rights Bill itself, and currently the tensions and fractures in and between our political parties this day about the nature of our democracy itself. In 1966, issues of passing legislation, federal legislation regarding housing, and our continuing need for housing in our country. Back in 1966, threats of rep repression against Martin Luther King Jr., of course, and the nonviolent movement, 
uh, and some of which continue today in similar and bizarre ways with the armed rebellions that are happening in our country, of which January 6th is only one example. So we can reimagine, we could rewrite this song today, Bill, with very similar themes as back then. Yeah, and slightly, not slightly, and di- different news reports, but mass murders, war, racism, uh, anti-Semitism. I mean, these themes sadly are perennial they are perennial yeah so um and and some of them we may have even more grievous concerns you know the threat of nuclear war and all of that so let me just slow down for a minute so we as christians each time this year we meditate during the weeks of advent on the waiting the waiting which by the way does not mean we cannot be active or activists during lent we still can but we are waiting and preparing ourselves to receive our community, our faith communities, and each of us individually to receive the future continuing coming forth of Jesus into our world on Christmas. So we believe Jesus is alive in each of us now. And um, while waiting, we meditate on the conditions in scripture way back then as well as 1966, as well as the year 2022, in our lives, our faith communities, our towns, our country, and the world. So we have been focusing on this scene, but also since then. So we, as Christians and other people of faith, we are called upon to be the hands and the arms of God in the world loving and changing the world the best way we can each day. Reverend James Lawson, who trained the civil rights people, he says, uh, not every faith community can do everything. Each faith community has to figure out what is its role in, in changing the world. So we believe that the baby Jesus, born in Bethlehem to an unwed mother in such poverty there was no room at the inn, that Jesus, who was Jewish, became focused on spirituality in such a powerful way that his story of being an amazing change agent in the world is all we need to keep hope alive, no matter what the news tells us. So the Christian message then is that no matter how messed up and broken our world is, which it is and always has been, there is always hope for loving ourselves and all others more, more, and more so that we can challenge the fundamental systems of oppression right here and right now because it's what Jesus would have wanted us to do. When you look at the news, Carol Bull, and you see the reports of war and mass murders and gun violence and racism, does it challenge your faith? Does it cause you to question your faith in any way? Yes, uh, and I think anyone who's telling you it doesn't is lying. Uh, and by that, I mean, we, we're all human. You know, I'm not a saint. No, none of us are saints. None of us are who these spiritual figures were and are who live in us. Um, we are humans and we get affected by what uh, we listen to on the news, what we read in the newspaper, um, and so forth and so on. It's, it wounds us. It causes us to feel hopeless and want to give up and throw the towel in. And sometimes we sob uncontrollably over what we see happening around us. And, uh, but as a person of faith, I believe that Christ is alive in me and will give me the strength it takes to do what I need to do, which means to love everybody unconditionally to the extent that I'm able and work with my faith community around what it is ours to do in the world versus every other faith community. And the other piece, a friend of mine said something interesting to me today. She said, you know, in history, we probably lived in these little villages, you know, and so we knew about what was happening to maybe 50 people at one time. 
And nowadays, because of the news and what we are able to access, uh, we know about all of the pain in the world all the time. And while it's a gift to know that information, it's also tremendously challenging for us. So there may be times we need to really narrow our focus. There may, we may need to take news breaks here and there, um, but always get back to reading the news. You know, you don't want to have your ostrich head in the sand. Um, so I think, again, anyone, any faith leader tells you they're not challenged by the ills and brokenness of our world must be lying. We're speaking with Carol Bull. She is the pastor of the United Church of Ware. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Bill Newman, WHMP. When it's happening here in the Valley, we're talking about it. For the first time in the history of the country and of the history of the United States, the Supreme Court has taken away a constitutional right. I would also describe this day as a day when women in the United States and people who can become pregnant have become second-class citizens. 1015, 1400, and 1240. We are the Valley. We are WHMP. Hi, this is Jessica from Fitness Together. I meet clients every day who tell me that as the number on their scale grew higher, their self-esteem dropped lower, and going to a traditional gym absolutely terrified them. Here at Fitness Together, we'll work with you one-on-one, either virtually or in one of our private suites in Amherst or Northampton. We'll help you set and reach your fitness goals, and most importantly, smile every time you look in the mirror. Fitness Together in Amherst and Northampton. Your self-worth is worth Fitness Together. First Night Northampton is back, live and in person. 21 family-friendly venues, over 100 performances from noon to midnight. Purchase your pins at firstnightnorthampton.org. Pick them up on the second floor of Thorns Marketplace on the 31st. Your pin opens every door at the largest performing arts festival in the state. Municipal parking lots are free, so join us for music, acrobats, DJs, comics, magicians, and so much more. There's also a fantastic fireworks display at 6 p.m. Northampton First Night, a place to be on New Year's Eve. I'm Tony Warden, President and Chief Executive Officer of Greenfield Cooperative Bank. I want to wish everyone a happy holiday season and a safe and healthy new year. Hi, this is Teresa from the 63 Federal Street Office of Greenfield Cooperative Bank. I would like to wish all of our customers and their families a Christmas that's merry and bright and a happy new year filled with love, health, and happiness. Hi, this is Mandy. And this is Rachelle from From Greenfield Greenfield Cooperative Bank, Bank, wishing you and yours a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and all the other holidays you may celebrate this season. Hi, this is Jane Wolf, Senior Vice President of Residential Lending at Greenfield Cooperative Bank. I'd like to wish you and your family a wonderful holiday season and a prosperous new year. Hello, I'm James Alexander, Vice President and Commercial Lender located in Shelburne Falls. I want to wish everyone a happy and safe holiday season from the Greenfield Cooperative Bank. This is Chelsea. And this is Maggie from the Commercial Loan Department. We want to wish our family, friends, and customers a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. This is Bill Newman, WHMP. We continue our conversation with Carol Bull. She is the pastor at the United Church of Ware at UCC Church and the United Methodist Church as well. We began the program listening to, I hope you were able to hear the newscast as well, along with the music by Simon and Garfunkel, their 1966 version of Silent Night. It was composed, by the way, in 1818 uh, in Austria, and it was first recorded in 1905. Ben A. is the internet tells us a popular success for well, well over a decade since its first recording. Um, Carol Bull, the words of this, I'd like to go back to those parts that most affect you uh, today, uh, the words that most resonate. What are they? So this being from this from the news piece, yes. Oh my gosh. Well, we have this piece about Dr. Martin Luther King. He says he does not intend to cancel plans for an open housing March Sunday into the Chicago suburb of Cicero. The Cook County Sheriff asked King to call off the march, and the police in Cicero said they would ask the National Guard to be called out if it is held. King, now in Atlanta, Georgia, plans to return to Chicago 
Tuesday. And then we have former Vice President Richard Nixon says that unless there is a substantial increase in the present war effort in Vietnam, the U.S. should look forward to five more years of war. He also said opposition to the war in this country is the greatest single weapon working against the United States. Wow. And as you pointed out in our earlier segment, you could change some of the specifics, but it's the same story. And I'm wondering, in light of this, I asked you about your personal faith. I'd like to know what you are going to tell your congregation, and do you address your congregation about this issue of maintaining faith uh, or keeping faith when it seems to be challenged by so much of what is around us. Yeah. Yeah, I, I continually talk with them about telling the truth about how they feel, um, that there's no party line at our church, that you're allowed to have doubts and questions about faith matters. Uh, I myself am an interfaith Christian minister, so I bring to the table other religious points of view as well. Um, and um, you know, I think there's a lot of hardship that people, you know, making your rent, you know, being able to afford food. We're, we give out free meals and wear on Thanksgiving and Christmas. We'll be doing one this coming Sunday. And it's, you know, the community comes together and helps fund that. Um, and we make that meal. And we, we have a huge number of cars lining up for that meal every and single time. And so do you do that at the church? We do that at the church, yes, on uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas. So, um, you know, uh, and actually I was walking through the park on my break this week and they were, the Western Mass Food Bank was in Grenville Park right behind my church and they were, there was the largest line of cars I've ever seen picking up groceries uh, for, for their families. So, uh, you know, it's, we know that people are hurting um, there's people who are homeless and where, um, who, you know, need to be stemming on the streets right now because they don't have enough money for a place to stay. Um, so it is, uh, you know, we see a lot of the same issues as in, as in Northampton. So. Well, yeah. Carol Bull, I want to thank you for being with us regularly on the Reverend and the Rabbi. We really appreciate your time, your insight. Uh, and, and really, really the, the joy that you bring and share with us, I really appreciate it. So I want to wish you the happiest of Christmases and a Merry Christmas. I hope you have a beautiful New Year, and I hope for all of us that it's a better New Year. Thank you, and we'll certainly put our uh, arms and hands in that effort. Thank you so much, Bill, and you too. Have a beautiful holiday season, whatever that is for you. And... Uh, Thanks for the opportunity. We've been speaking with Carol Bull. She is the pastor at the United Church of Ware. This has been the Reverend and the Rabbi on the Bill Newman Show. Every Sunday morning from 8 till noon, TZ brings his award-winning polka carousel to the airwaves of the valley, playing the polka classics and the latest polka hits. There are polka hits? Brought to you by Saluzniak Funeral Home, Northampton's funeral home for over 110 years and four generations of unparalleled, thoughtful memorial care. It's Polka Carousel every Sunday morning from 8 till noon, WHMP. How long and how hard would you work to own your own home? At Pioneer Valley Habitat for Humanity, future homeowners contribute dozens of hours to build a home for their family, but they need your help. Thousands of community supporters have participated in this work since 1989. They create a partnership with a future homeowner and Habitat to build a home, strengthen our neighborhoods, and create a legacy for our community. Grab a hammer, lend a hand, build a better world. Volunteer and support Pioneer Valley Habitat for Humanity. Live talk for Northampton and the Valley since 1950. WHMP Northampton. 